Let's do it. Okay, we're recording. Boom. This is my, my non-dual gift. Nothing. <laughs> okay, we are here today, Dream Talkers, with Patrick. Uh, what's your, want to share your last name? Yeah, it's Messel. Messel, okay. And this is a special treat because uh, most of my guests are perfect timing. <laughs> That's good background music. Wait, come, come back. Come back. <laughs> uh, this is a special treat because I don't really know you that much. Yeah. We talked a little bit last week. Um, and so we're going to get to know you uh, along with my listeners. Yeah, I think I think you proposed the podcast to me. And you were like, yeah, if you don't mind coming and speaking on it, uh, that'd be cool. And I was like, are we talking about the nature of reality? And you were like, yes. And I was like, I'm in. That's yeah. like the only thing I really like to do. I remember that exact. <laughs> I remember that exact thing I was thinking about on the way over. That I'm that dude. That <laughs> that I was always the guy talking, and my friends were like, bro, why do you care about that stuff? I'm like, how can you not? <laughs> like, I, I, I literally can't help it. I, I can't either. Do. People want to talk about normal things yeah, to talk surface about. Yeah. talk. And yeah. no, you know, there's no blame on them no. for for wanting to talk about sports and and movies and whatever. But I'm like distracted the entire time because yeah. I'm like, yeah, because we're like missing what, the biggest what, piece. What's happening yeah. right here? That's like, it, man. That's it. Cool. So this is gonna be fun. Yeah. So, uh, we'll st- let's start at the beginning. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to retell your story of? And I remember you said it just came to you last week. Which is I, very interesting. I re-remembered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of brought you uh, in this general direction that eventually brought you to one of Paul's meetings? Yeah. Um, so I am uh, not all that special in my background. I come from the suburbs uh, in Kansas City, uh, raised in a Catholic family. Um, I found as I've gotten older that that's not too uncommon either amongst uh uh, people looking for truth. Um, I think it's probably more than than non. Like I think most people grew up with some sort of traditional, right, fundamentalist something and rebelled against it, exactly. and then did the, the double back and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that's exactly what I did. And right and as soon as I as soon as I was in an age to apply any critical thinking at all, mm-hmm. uh, I I think I got myself out of that. And I was going to Catholic school, and I, uh, you know, threw a fit and told my parents I didn't want to go anymore in like oh. fifth grade. And, okay. And um, then for uh, years thereafter, um, really just doubled down on, uh, you know, th- this is more clear in retrospect, but and it's the reason for what for what you say that this might be common experience for yeah. people, but realizing that the truth that was laid out so uh, you know explicitly in front of you mm-hmm. saying this is the way it is and you're like turns out no yeah turns out probably not yeah yeah <laughs> um that that can put something in you or put something in me uh, of of well then what is going on and the fact that you're able to think yourself out of that thing yep. uh means feels like getting closer to truth so yeah. I, I think that has left me probably with a lifelong desire to um, continue getting closer to truth even if I can never yeah. uh, fully get there yeah. um, that so for a while I embraced uh, kind of your radical atheism Richard Dawkins mm-hmm. type stuff and were you into Sam Harris at all? I never was. Okay. I never was. Okay. By the time I heard about him, I was already a philosophy major, and he doesn't have a great rep uh, yeah, amongst the philosophy major. Uh-huh. I can't say myself that I have a negative opinion. Uh-huh. Um, that's kind of a 
adopted yeah. view. Yeah, yeah, but you, you, it was based on your area of study. You were just like, okay, no, he's he's the outcast or the, I, I, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't well have a good reason for yeah. it, but same deal. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I felt very strongly. It's definitely reactionary to where I was coming from. Like mm-hmm. everyone's walking around, deluding themselves, <laughs> believing in this man in the sky who's going to make their life good, and then even more insidiously believing in uh, an afterlife, um, and not understanding that you know, in, <laughs> as soon as you get out of that normal mindset, you know, the first big uh, conclusion that's going to change the way you feel about the world is the fact that when you die you die and that's that's a very fundamental thing for how you're going to approach life Mm -hmm. Uh, and if if when you die you die if that's the end of the lights out the end of the line then the point of life um i mean you could you could different people might have different views on it but to me the point of life seemed to be to get as much as I could in yeah. a very short time it, this is a it gift. lit a fire within me yeah. of like do everything you can enjoy everything you can because it'll all be wiped away yeah. uh, at the end yeah um, right on uh, have you ever heard this is kind of an obscure dude but Duncan Trussell uh, he, so. he's been on Joe Rogan's podcast a bunch he's a comedian that's also super into eastern philosophy and stuff and, and his metaphor is um if you were given a space suit and 80 years to like go explore some planet you wouldn't like you would try everything that you could in the space suit right? right you would you would feel everything you would taste everything you would get as much experience as you possibly could because you know you only got 80 years right and then the punchline is that's what we're in this space suit <laughs> we this call it a body and we got it we got you know it's got an expiration date and you know another thing that came in for me when you're saying that was uh you know ramdas Yes, he passed away recently. He was a big dude for me. Um, he used to say, if a uh, if a asteroid's about to hit the planet and you got 20 minutes to live, what do you do? And you know, most people you you call you know all the people that you love and the, the stuff you've been putting off that person you didn't want to make amends with, you make amends with, and you do all this stuff, right? right. And then the punchline there is there is an asteroid coming for your world <laughs> like we don't know when it's going to be and the difference between 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, and, and and 80 years to you or now 60 years exactly. or even less yeah. you don't know it could or, be tw- or it could be the, 20 minutes yeah right? or, it be, or it could be two seconds and the bus hits you right so why aren't we living that way already and, and that you don't need any sort of spirituality all you need is and that is what came in for me too was like that unavoidable thing of death it's going to end so value what we have here today right yeah 100 yeah. percent. yeah and that's that's very much been my mindset since i was a kid um it's it's, it's led to most of the choices that i've made along with the search for truth which yeah. continuing on with you know led me to i got to college i had no idea what i wanted to do i saw a class in the register that was um i, I think it was called meaning and truth and introduction or no uh <laughs> reality and meaning and introduction or yeah. something like a really high-minded ridiculous <laughs> class title <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and i was like looking at all these other classes uh-huh. that could just could not be more boring yeah, yeah, boring yeah. Nothing or could organic biology and whatever i'm like meaning yeah. and reality all oh, right yeah <laughs> let's let's do that and i didn't even know at that point that you know this was going to be such a heavy track for me yeah yeah uh, but that that seemed to fit. I definitely wanted mm-hmm. to absorb all the info, all the deeper truths, right whatever on. I could, and get yeah. myself closer. So, became a philosophy major. Um, later on, as a part of that, I, I studied 
um, religion and Eastern religion. Had some really amazing teachers right in, at State it, University in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is like, uh, uh, what do you call it, upper class? Or this is like junior, senior year, like not prereqs? You know, actually, there were some really good ones freshman year oh, was there? Okay, um, right where on. they're really trying to grab you yeah. and be like, here's why you should study philosophy, because it's I a hard sell at a state school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a hard sell anywhere. It's I mean, a hard sell. But definitely the e- even better ones later on, um, uh, and to some extent that's due to the fact that I then added on a major in religious studies, uh-huh. which heavily overlapped with philosophy. It was also easy to add on. So. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and those were, uh, you know, completely my favorite classes uh, mm-hmm. in college right was, on. was uh, Eastern religion it, it was just I love having the feeling of having my mind blown and you know you learn about Buddhism the first time yeah. you learn about Taoism the first time yeah. you learn about uh, ancient Hinduism um, around that same time the story I told uh, I told you that I had forgotten about um, I hadn't even gone to college yet, okay. and uh, I was out being a hooligan at probably 17 or 18, mm-hmm. late at night, like 1 a.m., we go to the gas station in the suburbs, uh, now in Colorado, it's nothing else is open, and there's a guy working there, and I, I don't remember the interaction that well, but somehow uh, he says something about God, and we say something snarky back, mm-hmm. and he we said, do you really believe in that or whatever? And he says, I'm, I'm Muslim. Um, and so he's not being standoffish. Mm-hmm. And so it turns into a conversation and uh, we're really grilling him, trying to prove how smart we are yeah, yeah. Um, and trying to win this argument about whether God exists or not, as if you can ever win that argument. Uh-huh. Um, when you're a kid, you're convinced you got to figure it out. Though. Right. Yeah, yeah for right. sure. <laughs> yeah, I you know I very rarely feel like I've convinced anybody, and maybe the one or two times where you were the element uh-huh. that helped him get out, it's not a good feeling. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be that no, yeah, person. Exactly. Yeah, it's really not. <laughs> Let him figure it out. Exactly, for it's kind of an icky feeling. It's more like speak your truth and right. Yeah, let let them come to what they come to. Well, because once you lose that foundation of what is what is the nature of reality and and everything else is built on top of that yep you know that is derived from it um so if you pull that out from somebody that's destructive yeah. it can lead to all sorts of bad outcomes anyway yeah yeah, yeah. no that's a it's a dangerous thing to do 100 percent. yeah when you're but whole... at the time i loved doing it yeah, of course. yeah, yeah <laughs> i yeah, just yeah. really wanted to convince people why i was right and they were wrong and, and so the guy is very generous with us tells us that uh, it's telling us about his beliefs and he's like well I, you know I don't know different people believe different things but here's what Allah is to me and he describes something different than whatever caricature I had in my mind of, he didn't go straight to your your base cartoon character version right something a little bit deeper and you were like wait a minute right <laughs> yeah, yeah you exactly you we weren't prepared for it not he, yeah. he didn't go to the cartoon character at all he yeah. talked about this idea of God is not out there God is the seed of being and is not it is is therefore being itself 
you know, being manifests from that seed, grows from that seed, but but that he's the source. And Holy and this shit. is not the same as the philosophy that we necessarily talk about, yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Uh -huh. But for me, that was it hit. It was a it was a hard thing to argue against, uh -huh. and it got me on a track where I started thinking about being itself. Yes. Uh, or being qua being, as we might say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In a philosophy class, uh, existence, isness is one of my favorite. I love it. Ways Do you know to... Muji? He's he says isness so. a lot. He's oh in, really? He's in the uh, line of. Ramana Maharshi. Do you know Ramana Maharshi? I, I don't. Well, bro, I gotta introduce you to Ramana Maharshi. <laughs> you, you he's the he's too. the uh, godfather of um, non-duality, basically. Oh wow. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can go back to some of the Zen, Chinese Zen guys back in the day, but Ramana is he's my dude. He's, oh, I, I might know who you're talking about. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I I, I call good. him when I'm feeling particularly hippie. I call him a disembodied guru. This is yeah. a long time ago. This is in like India. 1920s. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share some books with you, man. You're gonna love them. Yeah. And and he's not the guy who uh, founded Advaita Vedanta. Right? No, he didn't find he didn't found okay. anything. He he was he was. I'll very briefly tell the story. I think I've told him the podcast before. He was a teenager. I'm gonna butcher this. Don't send the emails. <laughs> uh, he was a teenager. He was con he was convinced he was gonna die for some reason he was sick or whatever and just existential dread came across him he was absolutely sure he was gonna die he went through this the whatever it is five stages of dying and you know bargaining and yada 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 and then came to acceptance um, all within the matter of a night and went to his to his bed and he laid down and he goes okay I accept that I'm gonna die uh, but let me just go and find what it is that's gonna die mm. right. I know I'm gonna die, but let me find where I am. And what, what is the process that's yes, gonna end here? Right. And he couldn't find anything. Right. And then surprise, 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 surprise. <laughs> the light invisitory, whatever word you want to put on it. And then I think he, I'm gonna get this wrong again, but I'm gonna just throw it out there. I want to say he didn't talk for ten, maybe fifteen years after that. Oh wow. Yeah. And he was found meditating somewhere with like bugs were like eating his flesh like he was on his way out and then some people took they they saw that he was on i kind of think of like back the stories of the buddha when people saw the buddha right after right. That, that that they were like oh shit like that's not a man you know it's a god Bro he goes, not through. a god you know yeah. whatever right? so they could tell something was going on with him and he explains that it's just you know waves of euphoria and yada yada whatever uh just total disappearance of any sense of self disappearance of any sense of ego and uh so people took care of him basically like he was just sitting there being whatever it sounds like he did die in a way in a way yes exactly. and, and, yeah but he was still around to talk about it. and then i think <laughs> after maybe 10 years or so he finally was like people kept asking questions he's like all right, damn it, you're gonna make me talk. Like, and then he started talking, and a lot of his pointing is very Paul. It's in the in the theme of Paul. It's a lot of stuff of like, well, the truth is in the silence. So as soon as I go to talk, I'm already obscuring the truth. But I'll give it a shot. Like that kind of, you know, very super clean, super like no extra any bullshit. Right. It's like, no, you are you are the truth. No, you are the truth. No, you are you are you are in any sort of like he very uh, relentless and not allowing with any extra little right. mind candy. Thou art that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so I got to share some Ramana stuff with you. I would love that. Yeah, I, I can't believe I. Ha so I'm not Paul. Aware. So one of the things that was a big trigger for me was Paul loves this one quote from Ramana, 
um, and I'm probably gonna mess it up, maybe not, I've only heard it a thousand times, uh, a presupposing of a non-existent thing wanting to get salvation for the non-existent thing. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so that one, and it's one of those things, you know, the first time I heard it, something happened, and then the, the thir 50th time I heard it, it was like, oh no, I thought I got it, but I didn't get it, and uh, like not, Paul said, you, you, that that thing isn't ever going to get exactly. it. Exactly. Nick's never going to get it. Patrick's never going to get it. Nick can stop trying to get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to go over the head. But it's a good toss. Right. Right. So uh, the, the presupposing. So Paul always em emphasizes the pre. So we suppose a self before the, the um, enslavement, before the claiming, before the attachment, before the grabbing. We presupposed... A non-existent thing. Right. We there see is it, there is like, no self. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's a non-existent thing that we presuppose, and then it wants to get salvation, which makes sense, but it wants to get it for a non-existing thing. Right. The self wants to get salvation for the self, and and then the next part of Ramana's little quote is, uh, uh, you can you can try to do that for eons and nothing's going to happen basically. Right. Like you're you're just you're pointed in the wrong direction. Right. See that the self was manufactured as an idea, and then in your imagination put as before. Yeah. Right. It's it's a little. I, I someone needs to make like an animation of it <laughs> to really get it across because it's it so. Makes, it makes perfect sense yeah. to me as much as it could yeah, make yeah. sense. Well, you got a hell of a background too. Right. So. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Well, that that's part of what I wanted to to talk about because this is interesting to me. Right on. To to finish up the background part because it's not all that interesting, but but. <laughs> I, I I kept thinking about existence, and at some point along the way in my studies, um, I was I think the most pure form of it that I was introduced to was Upanishadic Hinduism, yeah. which people might call Advaita Vedanta today. Yes, I'm um, very interested because I've heard the Upanishads left and right heard from Alan Watts. I don't know what it is. Oh, you I mean you just gotta you, you <laughs> should just in. read it. I have like yeah. six translations. I'll Fair give enough. you one. Cool. Okay, <laughs> but, so but let, let's get a scholar level like little quick breakdown as much as you want to share yeah i'm interested well and and, and i want to at some point i hope we can get to talk about the differences in approach here right um on. but to give you my and uh if your uh, listeners tend to write angry emails they might correct <laughs> me on every yeah. piece of this um, but my takeaway uh and again like 12 years ago uh <laughs> reading the Upanishads and studying uh, Advaita Vedanta, and then later, um, I should say, recognizing that in my view, um, the Taoists were talking about the exact same yeah. thing. Not like they no, were in the no. same vicinity, yeah, it, it's the same thing. Yep. A different approach, different words, different, different techniques, language, pointing to the same. Pointing to the same moon. Different fingers uh, pointing to the same moon. Exactly, yep. exactly. And, and same thing, and by the way, uh, you, you probably know this one, but Aldous Huxley, oh, per yeah. Perennial Philosophy, yeah. he wrote a whole book on it, which I read the book, I, I, I think he gets kind of lost in the academia uh -huh. in parts, but he, he wrote a really short intro to the Bhagavad Gita that is a great, um, again, academic, I don't know if it's going to get you anywhere, yeah. uh, but, but as far as the idea goes, showing, he's making the argument that this idea is not new. It's not unique, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. and it is incredibly similar. It pops up in literally every religion that we know about, and, and it looks the same every time. Different yep. words, yep. same idea, same negative theology, not that, not that. Mm -hmm. Same, yeah, yeah, same yeah. unity of existence, same role of subjectivity within that. Um, 
Yeah, but Abide But Out was the one I, I started with, and, and that one, uh, very, I mean, what, what's to say? <laughs> it, they're going to use different words, but the, the basic idea is one that you'll recognize, which is everything is Brahman. Mm-hmm. Which is God or the universe. Or, yes, yeah. and if you want to get into academic specificness, there's Nirguna Brahman and Saguna Brahman. Nirguna Brahman is Brahman without attributes, the zero, the non-being in in emptiness in maybe. Taoism, yeah, okay. emptiness uh-huh. in, in Buddhism. Yeah. I, I'm taking great liberties here, but yeah, yeah. Uh, to me, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the the unmanifest source of existence, and then in uh, Upanishadic Hindu, Hinduism, Saguna Brahman is the manifest, still all-encompassing mm-hmm. source oh. of existence. Yes. Uh, so like non-being, being, and then to borrow from Taoism. Bu- the 10,000 things yes. coming out of Our being one. and not being, um, yeah. and we, then we, awareness. We, the mind uh, creates the categories, but it's all one thing. Right. We divide, we segregate, but it's all one thing. Right. Yes. But the, the source must be beyond that, right? That's yes. like a key thing. A little, yeah, hint. So the only other, the only other teaching besides everything is Brahman, uh, that is really important in Upanishad Hinduism is at your core what you really are when you strip everything away is Atman and that's sometimes translated as soul which is a bad idea for all sorts of reasons Uh with our baggage (laughs) with that word right Uh, but the last teaching is Atman is Brahman and they will literally use Brahman and Atman interchangeably in places they never talk about you necessarily being Brahman but they will talk about everything being Atman because that's the point mm-hmm. because what you are at your core is the same thing as what everything is and outside of your categorizations and this funny loop of, of subjectivity yeah. um, there's there's only that there's only potentiality um, right on. unmanifest yeah um, great breakdown so, man yeah. Oh, and, yeah and thou art that right that uh-huh. whatever you are perceiving is is at the deeper level the same yeah. Same thing that you are. So, so when you said isness, I thought of Muji. Muji, he's had a uh, rocky relationship with this podcast because most of the time I bring him up, it's the shit on him. But he's really cool. He, he, I just stopped listening to him because I just sort of moved on. But he helped me at a certain stage. And uh, one of the things he says is he's big on isness, and he also says that um, that uh, that which is perceived. That the perceiver is perceiving itself itself in the objects of perception. So that, that one more time. <laughs> the perceiver um, is perceiving themselves in the objects of perception. Right. So that's a nice little loop kind of tying up that Brahman Atman. Exactly. Yeah. You're Atman perceiving Bra- Brahman, but that's actually Brahman perceiving Brahman. Yes. And, and Atman is the is the loop. It's the place where it turns back on right itself. On. Yeah. Okay. And like and that's and that's Taoism. That is uh-huh. uh, uh, Gnostic Christianity. That's yes. Kabbalistic, um, uh, Kabbalistic Judaism and Sufi Islam. Sufi, I was say, yeah. And stuff uh, for it, sure. Yeah. It's just like and they go off in different directions. Mm-hmm. And so part of what I've been interested in as well is how if you can start with that assumption which some people might have an issue with that they're all trying to say the same thing mm-hmm. how that the ungraspability of that idea yep. um, talking about a thing that's not a thing that's the source of thingness talking about something that is truly um, not something 
easily conceptualizable. They're all starting there. They all have to use metaphor. They yeah. all have to point at the moon. Yes. Because uh, we can only talk about the world as we perceive it. Mm-hmm. And that process of making the metaphor yeah. um, is where they turn into religions. And, and then it's just iterative. And it's so, I think, so banal uh, as it gets passed on from parent to child. That, that right there. How are you going to pass out? down a subtle message about something that is not the thing that you are talking about. <laughs> yeah. The Tao that can be told of. It's a of, recipe for disaster, right? yes. Especially in like a working family and like, yeah. the, like that, that's just not, it is so obvious and inevitable uh-huh. that that would change and that the story would become the thing uh, over time that gets passed yeah, on. Yeah, dude. So, so I have a real life example of this regularly. Um, so I've been into the non-dual stuff for like two and a half years now. My kids, so I have five kids. Mm-hmm. It's always people are always surprised. Wow. He made a shocked face, guys. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody. Uh, oh, th- two are my DNA, and the other three are stepkids. Oh wow. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, so my uh, my my son, my stepson, and my oldest daughter go to Catholic school, mm. and my my wife is Catholic, and she went to Catholic school and. I'm not, but, you know, I just, it's a good school, and the community's great, and, you know, we get, we're very involved, um, so I, they do, actually do, like, Bible homework, and so I'll help them with their Bible homework, and I'll read stuff, and I'll just be like, I'm seeing it in this whole new light I never could have imagined, you know, like, like, I see the non-duality. You see, you see the, the metaphor yes. and, and the places where it was supposed to be a yeah, metaphor yeah, and you that, see how, that have survived. Yes, yes, yes. And you see how easily it can be misinterpreted and used as, you know, so an example was, I think they asked Jesus, um, what was the most important commandment? And he said something like, love God above all others or something like that. Right. I don't, but I, I remember reading it and just going like, oh, like oh, he's saying what the Buddha says, like be a light onto yourself. Right. He's saying what, you know, like, I could just fill in all just, the other... You just lose that one thing yeah. that you are the thing that you're looking That's for. It. exactly. If you lose that... Yeah. you end up in a totally different yeah. neighborhood. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, that's a very important part of it. It that, is. That, it is. And it's so hard with Western religions, which I, I spent some time going back on, mm-hmm. you know, when I was less angry about it, <laughs> uh, in the same way, and looking yeah. for that for that message. And you can just tell it's been, like, covered up so many times yeah. that you, you really, even as even within academia, they really have to, like stretch and speculate uh, mm-hmm. at that point to try and say oh here's what they were was really yeah. going on here's what they were really saying but yeah it, it seems highly likely yeah 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 so that's why i say like somebody like ramana somebody like paul i'm gonna put them in the same i think paul is the the best at this that i've found mm-hmm. um of no additives <laughs> like straight to it nothing extra uh, relentless in it and i always use this too i gotta find a better word but he's so disciplined in that he won't allow yeah always brings it back he always brings it back to because the mind wants that other stuff of course yeah give me that thing i can i can hold on to yeah and not this slippery shit no you can't hold on to any of it and and you know oh when am i gonna get you're never gonna get it right and you know and uh um you know see what you're not that's all the best the best technique, the best whatever you got, is to see you're not that. Right. You're not going to see what you are. The eyes can't see themselves. And Alan Watts is, he was another 
yet uh, real important one for me. He gets at it too, but he does add a lot of extra stuff in there that's all really clean and really um, intellectually honest and stuff, but it's just, it's, it's too much for this mind, my mind, <laughs> to chew on. Right. Like, Paul just goes straight to it, relentless every single time and i think i think it cuts away all the fat that the religions and the the other stuff accumulate you know with over years and over culture and i i couldn't agree more right. and and uh i i'm glad that we arrived here because uh this is what i've been thinking a lot about um you introduced me as someone who's, who's studied this, and, and I have, though. There's huge knowledge gaps. I studied whatever, you know, was put in front of me. Mm-hmm. Often on my own, often just reading old, old, old books. Yeah. Aldous Huxley is probably the most modern interpretation okay. of any of this that okay. I've read. While I've had a really hard time finding, uh, yeah. you know. While I'm thinking about it, we can come back to it. Have you done psychedelics? I have. Yes. Okay, so we don't need to get into it now, but that'll be an interesting. I like to. Yes, yes. and and is particularly how late. I mean, that's only come about in the last few years. Right on. And so you have a hell of a philosophical scaffolding built right. up before you dove in. Yeah, yeah, right on. I love it. But but that that's that's precisely the thing, and that's what I'm dealing with right now. Is um, that became old and stagnant a while ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, studied a lot of course there's more you can read but at some point they're saying the same thing yeah. again and again and again you yeah. can literally go study a completely different tradition like uh-huh. got it same, yeah. <laughs> same idea yeah. right there's only one thing and you're that thing but you can't see it blah 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 yeah and you need it's not zen. even a complicated concept no, that's uh, why the zen bit, bitch slap is such a great way of saying it right if someone comes along and is not going to lull you into the same it's like Here's your whack. Like, I love it. And yeah. here, here will be my <laughs> academic reference, but yeah. skillful means. Uh, that yeah. That's called skillful means in Zen yes. Buddhism. Yes. Uh, and, and it's so funny there's you a reason said that. For it. It's because Paul always talks about how this isn't a skillful means. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Because you know, he says he wants to be helpful in... Um, I disagree with him on that. He wants to be helpful in, in AA. Yeah. He wants to help people to recover. He doesn't want to be helpful in non-duality. So he says it's not a skillful means. But I've come up to him and I've been like, Paul, when I am in uh, existential crisis, when I'm in anxiety, when I feel like the walls are closing in, I put on your talks. And it's the only thing that can bring relief. Right. That seems like a fucking skillful means to me. He goes, you know what? It is. But if I say it, people are going to take it the wrong way. <laughs> right. Well, it puts you in the... Because it even has baggage. Even as an Eastern concept, it has baggage that puts him in the position of a being his in master or something. Yeah, he doesn't want to be there. Gonna, right. Yeah. I called him my guru once. And, yeah. and it has a lot of legitimacy <laughs> when people don't don't want that. Uh, you know. But... Um, Okay. So I enjoy it, but but yeah. So it's grown. It's grown stagnant. Um, it yeah. didn't. I have all this scaffolding. Yes, I love scaffolding. It. The scaffolding even contains the seeds of its own undoing. Yes. In that I've read enough to know the Tao that can be told of is not the eternal Tao. Uh-huh. Uh, Brahman is not that uh, which the ear hears. It is that by which the ear hears. Uh, that's from the Upanishads. <laughs> uh, that's Beautiful. what I loved about it. So explicit. It's not that, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's, it's something yeah. that it's we can't not, talk about. Gonna be in the next We're going to talk about how we can't talk about it. Yep. Yep. So I even know that. Uh-huh. But even knowing that doesn't, well, it, it can open me up to hearing a 
a new message, yes. uh, right? It, it can open me up to saying, yeah, this hasn't worked, and what I've learned told me it wasn't going to lead me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that direct experience is the only way, that, um, that it's right here, if, if you can only... Uh, you know, let go and see it. Yeah, um, yeah, and in that weird way, it's it's uh, it's your own interest, which is the biggest. It's also all time the biggest deterrent. The biggest, you know, the, the biggest problem is your own interest in it. Right. And as soon as your own, as soon as Patrick Nick's interest dies down, you can be open to new things. Right. There, there, there's an availability to new. <laughs> very things. relevant. Yeah. Right on. And so, okay. So that's, that's I, what's going on. Cause I, I, I know all this stuff. I never yeah. gave up on it. But uh-huh. where, where did it take me? You mm-hmm. know. Eventually, I just have to like get a job and plan the rest of my life. Of course. And, and reading another book about it, listening to another Alan Watts lecture. By the way, I love yeah. him too. I think I've listened to every <laughs> probably audio. Hundred thousands of hours. Yeah. It just hasn't done anything. And so yeah. that. That's made Paul's message really clear. The the other thing I was going to say is, my this is just my own personal academic, you know, nerdiness on this subject, but I I was both interested in non-dualism, mm-hmm. specific philosophies that I thought were very clear about it, like Taoism and Upanishadic Hinduism, mm-hmm. um, and have gone on long tangents. Uh, studying Buddhism, trying to develop a regular meditation practice, often failing. Uh, oh, really? Uh, I've never and, experienced that. And seeing that. A, lot of, a lot of value there, and n- also never seeing those two traditions as incompatible. Mm-hmm. It made perfect, it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. And this is what I would love to see if your listeners have, because uh, you get in trouble for saying this in oh, an academic geez? setting, uh. for ever, ever trying to pick and choose from different philosophies in general. Really? But I I had a specific like office hours debate with one of my professors, one of the main people who taught me about both Upanishadic Hinduism and Buddhism. Yeah. And I was saying, isn't Buddhism the exact method that you would because if you read the Upanishads, they talk about realizing that you're that mm-hmm. um, and that you know, benefiting you in rebirth and and in your life, right? Yeah. Uh, but they don't get very specific. Uh-huh. You know, there's they, still a lot of religion mixed in there in terms of like what you're supposed to do about it. And then Buddhism comes along in this period, yeah. in this place. Yeah. Well, and the, well, Buddha the Buddha says the Buddha was Hindu. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to talk about any of that. Yeah. Do this. Mm-hmm. None of that matters. Yes. Here's what you do, and thinking about that and reading about that is just going to be a barrier to you. And to me, I was like, well, aha, the Buddha wasn't saying here's a new thing. He was yeah. saying, maybe so, but those are all ideas. Uh-huh. They're not going to get you there. Yes. Here's a way to get there. Yeah. Um, and so I've always seen those as as two sides of the same coin, yeah. an interesting but possibly unhelpful side, and a method that, as part of the method, says don't... Uh, who cares about the other side? Yeah, right? yeah. There's right the on. conceptual side, and so I would to tie this to all a, back be together. A fly on the wall when you were having this debate with him. Okay. <laughs> she, yeah, uh, she was uh, completely. Her. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> she, 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 she was so 
virulent and yeah, yeah. and, and See, like, you cannot that. combine these things. Uh-huh. They're it's well, disrespectful so and they're different it, philosophies. What's so funny about it is the Buddha was Hindu. He was born into that culture. Right. And then as you know, some people draw the analogy of Jesus was born Jewish and then uh, reformed Judaism for a new age and Buddha was born Hindu and reformed Hinduism for right. A new age, it's like know? both of them are saying you missed the point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let, let's make this clear for you. Uh-huh. It's not about the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring it back. Yeah, bring, bring it back. back. <laughs> and then people are like, "Great, so new story. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about the new story, <laughs> which we're so good at. Yeah. To, to, to tie it all together, I feel like I'm having, you know, that um, uh, discovering you guys and listening to Paul and and think revisiting these ideas is kind of revisiting that same thing that yeah. I've discovered before it's that like it's another, like yeah. you get caught up on the other side you're 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 following ideas that may somehow point at the moon but they're not going to get you to the moon yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're not going to get you anywhere and, and then in this weird paradoxical way like getting to the moon is realizing you can never get to the moon right you know what i mean right. and, and and like a uh, paul says uh, an unspoken yes right it's just something something inside hits like it's it's not nihilism it's not it's all for nothing it's not some sort of divine plan it's just like a unspoken yes hits of like oh, okay this is pick your word truth you know and there's a a chilling out paul will say there's like a chilling out of the action figure yeah it 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 knows it's not going to find what the hell it thought it was going to find and it's here and it's available for today right yeah yeah it's it's been a cool slow unfolding over here yeah Okay, so for the sake of the podcast, we'll go back into the stories. Yeah, I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. about what you're saying. So I'm like spacing out here. I'm like, yeah. it's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Um, so I gotta check the time. We don't want to be late. We got time. We got help. Okay. Um, so I'll go two directions here. So one, we can talk psychedelics, which could be fun. Okay. Um, and two, I was gonna say, as a, I, I so I would, I consider myself like a skeptic, right? Like I don't. Um, uh, I'm not atheist. I'm not convinced that there's no God because that's you know ideological to me. I think it's an oversimplification yeah, right. of the question, yeah, right? Exactly. Like yeah. at this point in my life, I'm like, yeah. what, are you, what are you? But Western God? What God are we yeah, talking about? Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Define your terms. Yes, yes. So I would say I'm skeptical in that um, I I don't really accept things unless I can almost. This isn't the best way of saying it, but almost. Unless I experience it myself, yep. I don't. Right, and and that's something we were, we were yeah that's something we were talking about last week. I think when I was giving you a ride over here, you said um, you said what you liked about the sort of non-dual world was you don't have to believe anything. Yes, which I love too. You don't you don't have to be have faith. <laughs> you don't have to believe. It's just either it's true for you, you know now, or it's not. I'd even go further further than just true for you and and well said. I. I I feel the same way. I'm a total skeptic, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny, or at least I think of myself as a skeptic. Yeah, I do too. Uh, but it's it's funny when we get into this area yeah. or in a conversation or something. They're like, "Oh, you're a, you're a, total... a skeptical mystic," <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. like, "Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I am because I'm very, very black and white structural thinker." when it comes to the world as we live in it, as we perceive it, I'm like, oh, it's probably, you know, science has probably got most of that mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, we can measure. But what is that thing is yeah. a whole different yeah. domain. That's it. Uh, but within that, I, you know, I, I don't 
I, I'm almost offended, actually, if we're talking about myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm almost offended by by wooey, pseudoscientific, new age stuff. Awesome. Unless it hits directly on these things. Yes. I'm like, you are, and this is, I'm not defending this, but, yeah. but I, I do feel this way. I'm like, you're denigrating the wondrousness yeah. of the world as it is by making up a story about what it's not. That's it, man. Can you not see it's already the, the most insane magic that yeah. we could possibly experience yeah, you don't and you add, just keep forgetting about it? Yeah, you don't have to, yeah, that's it, man. You, you just baseline reality is fucking magic. It's insane. Just the fact that, that something is conscious in this moment is magic. You, you don't need ghosts. Here. You don't need psychics. You don't need you have energy. Space and time <laughs> yeah. and color and and light and sound and yes. music and I, like, I mean, yeah, yeah I'd love to fly, but like that's you, that goes on forever. You're that's getting me in a space where I feel like it's psychedelic and I'm totally sober. But yes, 100. <laughs> percent And the, the, this a uh, similar thing. I just got to throw this out there. My kids will talk about like, man, wouldn't it be so cool if dragons were real or unicorns were real? I was like, like horses are real. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, dude, have you seen an octopus? Right. <laughs> that thing is so much crazier than any myth- mythical creature. You know, Seriously. it has real time camouflage, even though it can't see color. Yeah. Like it can squeeze through these little holes. It's like that, that thing. It's insane. That's so much cooler than any mystical creature. Right. So and I'm, if and if the mystical creature existed, yeah. you'd be like. Big fucking deal, yeah, you're right? Like, like, rhinoceroses <laughs> are real. What the hell? Kurt, Kurt Vonnegut <laughs> talks about that. He says that like, what human beings are are better at than anything else yeah. is getting used to things. I, yeah, I'm misquoting uh, that. I'm hedonic, sure, but but like adaptation. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. as soon as like the you could think of the most wild thing in the world, there yeah. is nothing you can't get used to, good or bad. Yeah. There's nothing that the mind will not say. Level set. This is normal now. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm we, not amazed. We we live in a, I know it's a, I don't know cliche or whatever. But we live in a magical time where you take your phone and you say, Hey Siri, and I'm it so will boring answer, for people. It will answer any question. If she doesn't get it the first time, people are mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> in, the, in the known universe, um, like we we live in, like every time I FaceTime. I'm like, we're living in the future. <laughs> like, I can see you there in real time. Right. And we just get used to it. We just, exactly. And then the Magic whole, could appear on Earth tomorrow. Yeah. And a year from now, there would just be some wand yeah. stores <laughs> and, like, some new industries around yeah. it. We'd be looking for be the like, next thing. So, so bored. That's it. Find That's a way it. to judge each other yep. on their magic. Yep. That's it, man. Okay, cool. So, I don't know how we got off on that. We're going to get into psychedelics. <laughs> There was there was psychedelics and the and there was um, oh the belief in the having to have faith and then we already have all the evidence we need that yeah. this is fucking magic oh the well so that is very very interesting to me and I'm happy to talk about psychedelics too but um that is very that is the approach that I took because for the reasons that I said I had been tuned up to say oh critical thinking is magic yeah right like yeah. oh logic uh, and yeah. then and then. If you study uh, logic in, in a more formal setting, it's really even more powerful than people think. We all use logic in our day-to-day lives, yeah. but if you, if you it, break it, it down, the it can be honed, it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was drunk on that, you yeah, know, yeah. like, oh, yeah. oh, I can like drunk break down everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you, you feel invincible. You Give did. me an idea, I'll break it down I'll logically, it down. and yeah. And so non-dualism, and again, this might not be 
helpful in any way, but non-dualism was the axiom that every other, I'm breaking stuff down, I'm breaking stuff down, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about the nature of reality, I'm thinking about religion, I'm thinking about um, isness and, and, and whatever, and I felt like I, could, I kept coming back to a self-consistent principle, that, that this concept, uh, helpful or unhelpful, was well supported yeah. deductively yes. um, using totally western mm-hmm. logical means yeah. that it just added up and and you I, I could go on and on about this and I yeah. won't but no, I, I actually you, you can come up with all these different angles yep. that are totally non-mystical non-magical and possibly and non-helpful the same point you can use you physics you can use you know uh, Einstein you can use quantum mechanics you just can take one example logic itself yeah. uh, I, as I studied you know, they're talking about where these, there's like 12 to 14, depending on which set you use, traditional logical rules, modus ponens, modus tollens, hypothetical syllogism. They're just I'm out of my depths, but I'm, I'm with you. I like you, it. You, w- you would recognize all of them in practice. Okay, yeah, Mo- yeah. Modus uh, ponens is just if A, then B. Uh-huh. A. Yeah, yeah. B. Right? If A, then B, you have A, therefore B. Right? The rule is set up, and then the falling out of that rule. That's And that we use that all day, every day. Modus tollens is slightly more complicated. Uh, if A, then B, not B, therefore not A, um, which is more similar to negative theology. Okay. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, hypothetical syllogism is if A, then B, if B, then C, A, therefore C. So yeah. now you've made a yeah. transitive so leap. I'm, I'm They're very le- simple. Yeah. I'm an electrician. I do logic gates. They're all logic gates. Yes, yeah, right they on. are. Cool. Okay. And there are some funny ones. I, yeah, those yeah, are probably the little, three simpler, yeah, yeah, simplest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they get more complicated. They get more complicated. They're yeah. very... Uh, they're not very common mm-hmm. in making a point yeah, as yeah, yeah. you go down the list, uh-huh. uh, but you, but they are valid. They're self-consistent. Got it. So it's a complete um, circuit. It's a it, closed loop. Yeah. Yeah. They all work, and yep. you could create word arguments with even the most complex ones. They just wouldn't be that useful in uh-huh. cases. Yeah. But. Those logical rules come from a few different places, but one of the people who helped develop them was Leibniz, who also um, uh, was a co-inventor of calculus. Uh, And Leibniz kind of wrote a lot of these down and was like, this is, these are basic rules of logic that are built into the world, if you want. Uh, And he showed that they were all reducible, that they could be, all the rules could be derived from simpler rules and all the simplest rules could be derived from one rule mm. the one rule you need is the law of identity something is itself a is a yeah i'd said another way yeah. if a then a a therefore a uh, okay yeah yeah that's very not so simple yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but you can't have logic uh-huh. if something is not itself yeah right? you gotta you, start somewhere you, yeah. you gotta start with this yeah and to me, that was one more thing pointing at, okay, so yeah. isness, isness including something is what it is and it's not something else, yeah. is at the core. He didn't just say, you need this. It, it, it's it's not just, it, 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 everything can be derived directly out of this, yeah. right? Yeah. It, a being A, something is what it is. 
the whole of logic comes out of that. Logic applied to quantity, you have arithmetic, mm-hmm. and, and at further iterations, calculus, and at further iterations at with physicality, yep. you have physics, right? Yes, yes. You can come but out if of you follow physics. it all back, it all back starts at a, a is A. <laughs> right, and yes. if you wanted to break that down further, just is, right? Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then you want to break that further, silence. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The, that, the that's not the only way to come at it. Yeah. And then you come at it from the anthropological angle that Al, that uh, Aldous Huxley talks about. Mm-hmm. Like, this idea also pops up in all these cultures. Why? Yeah. Totally independent. Exactly. Why is that? Yeah, why are we all driven towards the same conclusion? Right. Yeah. You, you can come at it internally, right? Yeah. The, the mystic path. You can come at it through psychedelics. Yes. And what is amazing is you just keep coming back to the same same slippery idea (laughs) yeah yeah and so okay so with psychedelics i would say um it it uh what's his name terence mckenna would talk about like you can you can meditate in a cave for 10 years and maybe you know get to that place consciously or you can take five dry grams of mushrooms and it will put you there whether you want to be there or not right Right. i've never taken five dry grams but uh when 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 you're talking i was thinking of uh the last time i did mdma um i was talking with somebody and it was again now words this is taking one dimension language to try to explain the ten dimensions of of a psychedelic realization right Uh, so last time I was doing MDMA and I was talking to someone and looking in their eyes I was going oh like I'm that over there you you could almost feel it (laughs) yeah you can like the veil of the idea of me here you there was completely lifted and there was absolutely no difference like it's just me over there (laughs) shaking their head and, and talking and me over here and I'm simultaneously hearing my voice as I'm speaking it. Where the hell are these words coming from? I didn't write this script ahead of time and then deliver it. It's right. just, you know. And so uh, that was one one example. That was one of the lighter ones. Some of the mushroom ones are so... Um, it's so hard right. to use language <laughs> and talk about it. Because that was the revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like out of language. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and MDMA just shifts it enough that you can still kind of use, I can still use the English language to convey that, that it was like I was utterly convinced that I I am you. I, I want good for you just as much as I want it for me. I'm not at all concerned of, you know, that background <laughs> of like, oh, man, is he... Is he um, thinking that I'm weird, is he thinking, is he not accepting me, right. all that melts away. It's pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's freedom, you right. know, and, and time disappears, and, and, and all sense of place disappears, and um, so I'll kick it off with that. Now let's hear about some of your experiences. Well, I, I mean, that, <laughs> I have never, um, I, I have tried that, and, uh, mo- mo- yeah, yeah, and felt very, very good, um, <laughs> uh, I have never fully gotten there, I think I still, uh, we started this conversation, me saying how afraid I was back in the day, yeah. I still worry about losing control, and, and that course. definitely, uh, psychedelics are a newer thing in the last few years for me, and I, I, I still get nervous, yes. so I've never As done, you should, man, and you should respect them, and, right. yeah, no, 100%, the, the, we are way too. But they've been relaxed. incredibly. They've been positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will right say now. that. Um, it, 
Let me speak to the MDMA real quick because yeah. I was talking to my girlfriend about this, about Paul, actually. She came to the meeting on Saturday. Um, she's been thinking about it a lot as well. And and it's interesting, too, because she doesn't have that structure, by the way. So I get to kind of see it yeah. filtered through someone who's not trying to put it in all these boxes mm-hmm. that I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've done that together. And, oh, dude, uh, I've done MDMA with my wife. It's, yeah. We, it came up in our discussion of Paul's message, uh, the message, um, because our recent experiences with this have produced a sort of, it's it's getting stale as well, um, even though we've never, I've never gone that far, I'm probably lucky to have waited until my 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. But it always seems to be the same kind of thing. Um, and it feels great, but there is this lingering sense at the peak, which might not be the highest peak you can go to, but at the peak when you're feeling like, I am just oh, full of love and I'm so connected and, and the problems that you thought were problems don't seem like problems anymore and you're just, you're, you've got so much empathy for everybody, you feel like you can read their faces and, and really truly feel for them and whatever. And yet for me, my girlfriend said for her as well there is something that's not there at the peak that that knows that this is effect that this is emotion that this that there is love happening that there is empathy happening but you're not fully you feel somewhat disconnected from it maybe it's it's the knowing that you took something that made you feel this way that does that but my experience has been I I feel it it is super strong it's overwhelming but there's some lingering thing this is so interesting right on (laughs) and going back to when I first started getting into some of this stuff I'm not even sure I I thought of it as related um, at the time but during my darkest moments just feeling very angsty and depressed as a teenager, early 20s, right? Uh, when you feel like destroyed, hollowed out, the world is horrible, maybe even suicidal, right? Like it, it's really, really bad. I recognized that same feeling from the MDMA of there's something that's still here that is clean, that, that's untouched by this. And I'm almost, there is almost a sense of at the deepest, darkest depths when you hit rock bottom, am I humoring myself right now? You know, you're, you're, yeah. you're kind of like, do I actually feel this? Or who is the me that feels this way? Because, it, and it only happens for me when you go far enough in one direction. The, the either extremes. the highs yeah. of Molly or the, the... The extremes of the spectrum. And then the delta, <laughs> as it were, the difference becomes apparent that there's something that's not along for that ride yes. it's still right where it was before and it's fine <laughs> it's yeah. just it's untouched it just is yes. yeah. um, so even very recent experiences with, wow. uh, with, with MDMA have almost increased my thoughts uh, about this stuff that's so, so cool. cool so what is that yeah what is what is untouched right um uh, what doesn't change? Um, yeah, that's that's really awesome. Okay, 
So, man, I had things as you were going, but I didn't want to stop you. It was <laughs> sorry. So, no, don't be sorry. That was so cool. Okay, so um, what hit for me, I felt like I was on MDMA, MDMA there for a minute when you are talking about it because you were saying that you – I would say probably most people's subjective experience when the euphoria hits, when the oneness, the love hits, is we're probably lost in that, right? And when we're lost in it, we're identified with it, and we're identified with that feeling of I'm one with everything. But that still is an attachment to that feeling that's being produced, right, during that experience. And ultimately, as Paul would say, see what you're not. You're not any of the arisings, whether the arisings are extreme euphoria or extreme depression, either end of the spectrum, you're that which is aware of any arising, right? And and, and being able to, like, instead of maybe the lesson that a lot of people come away with after MDMA is, oh, we're all one and this, this, and that, we're going, like, kind of meta and, like, another level of like i'm not even the experiences right. on that substance i'm the conscious still prior aware of it. still yeah. prior whatever you think prior prior exactly right. and another thing that came to me was um uh, another comedian i really like pete holmes my favorite podcaster uh his guy was ramdas his guru and when ramdas passed away recently about a month before he passed away he went to see him and he was coming up to him and talking about his latest and greatest, you know, life problems. Pete Holmes, the comedian? The comedian, you know Pete Holmes? Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. right on, okay, cool. I, I, I saw that. Uh... He wrote a book, Comedy Sex God. He yeah. has the similar fundamentalist. Oh, to... I watched the show. The okay, cr- oh, Crashing, crashing. Or yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, he's, uh, he's awesome. And, and maybe too, uh, too, too close home. to home. Too close to home. But I did not know that he was interested in this guy. Super interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've, I've been listening to him for like six years. So I've got to see him go on his journey. When I first started listening, he was atheist. And I saw him. He oh, met Duncan Trussell, the other guy that I mentioned earlier. And he introduced Ram Dass to him. And he opened him up. And now he's like a hardcore, or not hardcore, but he's like a non-dual super you know, out there guy. Yeah. There you go, yeah. So it's one of the recovering Catholics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> and so, um, what was I going to say? Oh, he was talking about, he was talking to Ram Dass about his latest and greatest life drama. And he saw someone else came over and started talking to him about his latest and greatest life drama. And then they walked away and Ram Dass point, uh, looked at Pete Holmes and pointed at his head like this and said, entertainment. So that came in for me when you were talking about the, yeah. the, the 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 darkest suicidal, you know, depression, which I've been there seemingly, Nick's been there, to the euphoria, to the anywhere in between. It's kind of in the end, it's all just entertainment. Right. right. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's a tragic movie. We, but we, still... we love to keep ourselves busy. Right. Yeah. I had a, yeah, little, they... a little moment of that where, where I had I'd sat down at a park bench last week, looking at a tree, sun was shining in the tree. And then I was, I saw the drive of like what's next just died for a second. And I'm like, oh my God, like we're slaves to like what's next. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no one's more of a slave to that than me. We all are, bro. We all are. And, <sighs> I, and I go to Paul's meetings and I love this shit and I'm completely clear what the problem is. And I seemingly fall into the problem again and again and again of what's next, what's next, what's next. And like as soon as you, and then interesting talking about fear too i noticed when i was like let's just let go of what's next let's be here that fear came up 
and it's it's like an existential. Your mind's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if we <laughs> that's re- not our agreement. <laughs> if we relax, the tiger's gonna get us. If we if we relax, the boogeyman that you know has been waiting around every corner your whole life is finally gonna you know pounce on you. Yeah. And you know evidence points to the boogeyman never comes. <laughs> You know, whether you're relaxed or not. Right. Yeah, you know, and so uh, that was another thing that came up for me. That's very, thank you for sharing that, that experience, for real. Yeah. That, that's really touching something deep in, uh, inside of our psyche. That, it, it, it's interesting for me because that is, you know, we talked about not uh, the concepts maybe pointing you in a direction yeah. that's somehow helpful. I Can probably never would have come here we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah. um, uh, and, and for me it's that's those moments and I you don't get a lot out of them it's just like a hint or uh, yeah. some of the closest that I've had to like the actual experience the direct mystic experience uh-huh. that you know is supposed to the yeah. good stuff yeah, yeah, man, yeah. Right? <laughs> if I read enough Alan Watts I'm going to have that direct experience yeah, yeah it's like uh, straight druggy behavior but that yeah. almost is a direct experience you, you, yeah. you say oh wait I'm I'm so happy but the, is that me that's happy yeah, um, yeah. For, for me I would I, I think I'm also I've been also weighing, thinking about how I got on this path lately. I've been weighing how much is it these ideas that I got exposed to pushing me in the right direction, possibly the right direction, Mm -hmm. uh, and how much is there something within me that, for both literally better and worse in my life, um, can't fully get lose myself in the story I, I can't I I'm, and that's not to put me like it, it just feels like things are always resetting for me you know what I mean yeah. it, it feels like I'm always waking up into the moment which is distracting and uh, I, I feel like leads to me kind of being different in interactions sometimes or like the guy who wants to talk about things or whatever yeah and i wonder sometimes how much of that was already there that just this, this inkling you know mm-hmm. it's like i keep forgetting keep forgetting the plot of the movie yeah and because of that i'm able to every so often kind of be like so, wait, wait suspension of disbelief yeah yeah it is is not perfect uh, uh-huh. and and therefore when those ideas when I'm exposed to those ideas, it's like, okay, well, that maybe that explains something. Yeah, and, and it's and it's another thing Pete Holmes talks about a lot is that, uh, and so do all sorts of spiritual teachers, that it's in the forgetting that that is the dualism of this reality. It's like you forget to remember, you forget, you remember, because if you didn't, if you didn't forget, you could never remember. Right. And that's the swing of, you know, what we're in here. And then you eventually get to the place, you know, that you realize uh, actually you've never not been it you've never not been awake like even when you're lost in the past that's something Paul says which is so beautiful I, I can't believe other teachers don't talk about this you can't get out of the moment right like people talk about I'm gonna get in the moment like good you can't get out right. <laughs> you can be in the moment entertaining all sorts of fantasies about the past and future but you're in the moment entertaining those things 
right? And and so instead of a concentrated effort, as he says, uh, you can't use activity to produce stillness. That would be activity, right? Instead of getting forcing yourself into the moment, it's funny. He said one time, it's like trying to fit. Uh, two into one, right? <laughs> like me plus the moment into one thing. Right. But you, once you realize uh, you can't be out of it, you're here. It's unavoidable. There, there's no, you, you, you know, there's no getting around it. So when you realize you're here, all the extra stuff can, you're, it's available to fall away. And you find, and you find your, yourself, your little expression is available to express with a lot less baggage and weight that's what he always says you travel lighter you know i had a little i don't want to well said yeah yeah right i don't want to make this about me i'll make it very brief but i was coaching a volleyball thing over the weekend and uh, my wife wasn't there she's the head coach i'm the assistant coach and uh one of the kids dislocated his knee and uh, he's a 17-year-old. His knee it looked gnarly. It looked like something out of a movie. Like his cap was on the side of his leg. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was rough. <laughs> and I came up to him, and, and he was being tough, but he was freaking out. And I'm like, everything's going to be okay, man. He's like, it's not going to be okay. And I, you know, call 911. We need, I need an ambulance to here. I gave him the address. I was there with him. They came in. We got him all situated. We got him in the hospital. I got in my car. I followed him to the hospital. I followed him in. They relocated his knee. Like, I was... This is a story. I can only tell a story, but there was no sense of self. The mission was take care of him. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know exactly. And and as soon as he was good, this was the really cool thing of uh, you notice something by its absence. As soon as he was good and and he was off the pain meds and his knee was back in place, uh, I saw the selfing, the sense of self kick back in. (laughs) Like the engine like, started. Okay, you, yeah. You, uh, you handle the situation. Time for regular. Yeah, it was so regularly scheduled programming. Back to our regular. The golden oldies. Paul calls it the golden oldies. I'm, I'm worthless. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm unlovable. All this shit kicks back in. Right. But because, and and I, I'm gonna. I'm going to attribute it to these meetings and Paul. That's the uh, if you want to isolate for variables. Um, the fact that I was just available, you know, Nick, the action figure was available, and just like, so for I called 911, and then 15 minutes later, they're about to come up, and one of the parents goes, "Did anyone call 911?" Like no one else thought of it, you know. Right. And it just, it, it was the thing that came into my head was the next right thing, right? Which I've heard in some non-dual things or maybe Buddhist things, it's not not the next hundred right things, but what's the next right step to take? Right. Yeah, and it, so that was just a little real life you know sober experience of like you know where the rubber hits the road you know what i mean i know i know exactly yeah. what you mean i i uh, i am not gonna say i live for those experiences yeah. but it, but it's weird the difference between action patrick and <laughs> and nothing all that important is happening patrick yeah. uh-huh. because the latter is is uh not very capable in a lot of things yeah, and no, we... action patrick when i don't get in the way of myself yeah and when the stakes are high enough yeah. and I get out of the way, um, it's it's fluid. I'm yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. You're in like a flow state. Exactly. Yeah. Flow, yeah. flow state. There's a whole like uh, study of it now. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't say this earlier, but I actually ended up getting my master's in education. Um, oh, right on. I didn't become a teacher, but okay. uh, they talk a lot about like there's a whole 
area of study now around flow states and how to bring it about and whatever. In education? In education, yeah. That's awesome. Because you want to get kids into that flow state yeah. of learning, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. It, yeah. When you find out about a new thing or you're taking up a new activity or whatever uh, and the level of difficulty is just high enough yep. and the level of interest is just high enough, you lose yourself in it. That's it. Mastery comes much faster. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your skills progress much faster. And... Yeah. So, okay. And what we're talking about, it makes perfect sense, right? Oh you, you're, bre- you were just busy enough mm-hmm. yeah, on that stakes, one thing high. to to yeah. get yourself out of the way, yep. uh, and things went so much smoother once you yeah. once you so, did Okay. That. So to go meta, one of the reasons I like doing this podcast is I feel like it puts me in a flow state because I I, I like to use I've used it before uh, the electrical um, metaphor of. Without someone to talk to, it's like a hot wire with no neutral. There's yeah. no ground. There's no complete circuit. And when you get with somebody such as yourself, you fire each other up. You can get into this kind of state. I call it like verbal jazz. Right. It's like a duet. It's like a call and response. Building and ideas together. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you got you got some extra inputs. Exactly. You don't just have the toys in your sandbox. That's it. And that's like, it. And, and I, I have some other Legos for you. You're like, oh yeah. I was, <laughs> exactly. I was trying to build that. And and then <laughs> the sum is better than the par- the the sum is better than the, the total is better than the sum, whatever. The, the, the sum is... Sum is better than the total of its parts? Yeah, that sounds like right. That. So there's a third cooler th- note being hit by these two little notes right. trading back and forward. And that's, yeah, that, that flow state is like, uh, it's like a drug in itself. Well, and people and, love it. This yeah. is why people, people rock climb, play, sports, play sports, right? Like, it's snowboarding for me. I can totally oh, get right into a, uh, a flow state. I'm, uh, so, I'm so happy when I hear that people have a thing. Right. That, that they could get them I think there. a lot yeah. of people do. Because yeah. the first time they experience it, they're like, I'm yeah. a rock climber now, right? Because I got, I got that. Yeah. And what they're getting is is a little taste of what you can get from psychedelics is a little mm-hmm. taste of what you can get from meditation yeah. is a little taste it is it is a little break yeah. from the often toxic uh, and like completely the, engrossing yes. movie yeah. that that causes all your consternation it's like give yourself a little bit of distance yeah even Dis- if it's just cuz you were so focused on something yeah that, take and much. people are like yeah <laughs> it explains you know, people are now seeing the benefits from MDMA, from ketamine, from from whatever in a clinical setting. Yep. And you're like, yeah, you, yeah, you gave PTSD. people who were stuck in a really bad loop, yep. you just gave them a minute yeah. to like reset, shake it off. Mm-hmm. And now they come back and they're like, oh, they're not at least spinning as fast. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's seen for once. Instead of that... Cir- again, electrical circulating current. It widens it out. It gives it a little bit more space. That's you know that's weed for me too. It's like uh, I'm so caught up in some huge problem at work, and I take like a puff of my you know vape, and I'm like, and it just short circuits the, the hell, circuit. Why the hell did I care about that? Right. And I was utterly convinced that it was the end of the world. And in a in a moment, it doesn't always take a substance. Sometimes it's just seeing my baby smile. Sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's just a fucking you know a gift or, or whatever, just a little free sample. Break it. For yeah. A second. But but that that circulating current in the mind is so insidious. And and the uh, 
Paul talks about the self-centeredness, and it doesn't translate well to the podcast, but I love he talks about like it's all here. It's all I'm got my hands around my head. Right. You know, it's all you're, you're yeah, total, talking about body at the yeah. last talk that we yeah, went yeah. to. We, we imagine a body, which is really just the locus of yeah. Of all, all the, the focus, all the interest and attention is condensed into this one thing, right. and that's gonna be fucking painful. Right. It's too much. It's too much wattage for this light bulb. Mm. You gotta let it out. You gotta let mm. it shine. You gotta disperse it. If and you don't have to, but if you do, you'll get a whole lot of freedom. You get a whole lot of traveling lighter. Some good metaphors, right? It's I it's can't take really good. It's it's it's. Uh, I'm using some of your Lego blocks right now, right on. pretty like quickly. It. Yeah. Um, it, it's making me think of. Uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking about um, how it's entertainment. Yeah. And you create problems for yourself or whatever and it's so evident to see you you think you want all of these things whatever and if you have any experience with extremely wealthy people uh-huh. uh, which you know for various random reasons like you get to peer into that world or spend time with someone and you realize they have as many problems that they feel just as deeply if not more deeply yeah. because they're self-created yeah. and, and they makes... and they have all the things that you're convinced if you had them all your problems would disappear right yes. right and yeah. and it almost is like once you solve all those problems now your brain has to come up with new problems yeah. and it's going to come up with really sticky oh yeah it, personal issues and neuroses and stuff instead mm-hmm. because it doesn't have anything out here exactly. to to yeah. like go do yes. it's like well i'm just going to start rearranging the decks on the titanic of my mind That's instead it. and having psychological problems yep. or or whatever because because I don't have anywhere to send this yeah, yeah, energy. That, that interest and attention, that energy. And um, that's why Paul always says it's an AA thing, which I really love, is being of service. Yeah. Like, and, and being of service, there's a million ways to be of service. You know, you can, you can be, you're available if the kid dislocates his knee. You're right. available to, to cook a meal for a friend or a family or a loved one or, or to, you know, read a book with somebody or talk with somebody or, you know, like, You'd be surprised, like people just so many just people get out of yourself a little just get bit. Get out of yourself a little bit because everyone else is in themselves, and and you can provide a little bit of, uh, hey, you're not alone to somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? And and uh, that's like so simple, but it's such a gift. Instead yes. of just being stuck in here, like I love rearranging the uh, the furniture on the Titanic and sink it. So you you really believe that? Well, and that must. And I'm kind of thinking of this just based on what you said yeah. as we go. But you're also when you don't have something external to focus those energies on, and you start rearranging the the Titanic, you're also building the Titanic. You yes. you you are you are reinforcing it. <laughs> yes. be, by going and using those energies yeah. to be like, well, wait, what do I really want? What am I really doing? Who, who should I be? Where should I go? Who, you know? Yeah. That all every, the commonality in every single one of those questions is you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> so you're just reinforcing, reinforcing, reinforcing the problem. You're the problem, and you're finding a million different problems, small stuff that's reinforcing the same thing. It's the drive to get out of the moment. Right. It's the drive to not be here. It's the drive, self trying to get out of self. And uh, you, there's a million different ways that it tries to do that, but there's really just one undeniable answer that you can't get out of an imaginary place. You can imagine up a million different places, you can't get out of it. 
Yep. Yeah, and that's kind of the the wisdom of no escape. That's kind of a Buddhisty term, maybe a, more of a Western Buddhisty term. Is that I love it. I, I had heard that before, and I, I liked it, but I took it as like there's no escape from this life, and you're kind of stuck, and you're in prison, and just accept it. But Paul put a whole new spin on it of like there's no escape because like you're not bound right <laughs> the, the 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 prison is imaginary so you don't have to escape because you're not it's only ever an uh idea it's only ever a uh a, a thought that you're stuck you're right. not checking in this moment you're here this conscious awareness you know you're fine you're fine There's something <laughs> underneath that's fine if yeah. you're not fine yeah exactly uh, and, and then the other i don't know if you said it at the talk but the one of my favorite i got it written in my uh truck i put it uh read it every morning upon having never left i know i really love that right? I, I listened to the to your oh uh, right on. recording yeah Paul, okay cool cool, cool. I, yeah yeah I, I, I think that's so yeah it's like, so wonderful it, it's it's um it's like like what could you say to your kids not like everything's gonna be okay because that implies the future you can say everything is okay and you know that has some baggage to it but if you're like upon having never left there's nothing you can do to have damned yourself there's nothing you could do to have left you're here you're home you've always been home no matter how convinced you weren't right and fucking relax and enjoy it seriously this is only this is just one more tangent but i gotta check the time we got should we go uh oh we should go you want to finish the tangent um all i was gonna say was uh going to the the uh, effects that the other thing that i think we all have experience with with never having heard the message or or looked into any of this um but something I've been thinking a lot about is, uh, you know, when for whatever reason life circumstance, life circumstances bring you to a place where you, suddenly you're open, for yeah. whatever reason, yeah. like something's crumbled, you hit rock bottom, and now you're kind of bouncing, whatever it is, and you you start, just you just opened up just a little bit, you start saying yes to things, yes. and how powerful. That, like, in one night, uh, I, I was thinking about this just recently, like, my groups of friends, um, I don't have a lot of friends here in San Francisco, they're mostly still back in Colorado, or mm-hmm. they moved other places, but I love them so much, and um, I thought about how I met them, and almost every single one of them, I met in a moment of openness, Yeah. and it only takes, you're, like, open for five minutes, and suddenly you met the love of your life yeah, you're dude. open for five minutes me and chills. you meet an entire group of friends the world i mean is really uncanny i told you i don't believe in magic yeah, the yeah, way yeah. you know like it's some new age sort of no, magic but no. it that's the closest thing i know but you I you say yes and the world is just like finally all right here we go <laughs> like uh, we're gonna give you everything, everything right we we're just waiting for you yeah to say yes it's so uncanny uh and, and so, you know, my greatest, I would not say that's something that I'm even a intermediate at, yeah. uh, but it's, it, it is like so obvious said, to me that that you just is... just got to open up just once. Right. Yeah. And, and I know it's a loaded term, but I do really like uh, grace. 
grace. I, I thought about that at, at yeah. Paul's last talk, and, yeah. and it's a low term for me especially, uh-huh. but, but when I've he was re- talking about, you're not even the person that's going to find this, yes. like, I'm talking to you right now, uh-huh. and, it, and it may or may not land, but it won't land because you, the action figure got yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I thought about that. I was like, oh, that's grace. It is grace. That yeah. That's the same thing. It's like, it... it, it it either happens or it doesn't, but yeah. it's not because you went out and got it's it. You have nothing to do with it either way. You have nothing to do with getting it or not getting it. You right. can't get it. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure that that, while I recognize that connection, conceptual connection, that's the most meaningful, the grace, the, yeah. the most relevant it's ever been to my experience. I agree. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so I'm going to say, uh, this is a quote I'll say sometimes, is uh, the best conversations are unfinished. Because yeah. we're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, we got... These uh, don't end for me. <laughs> Where are you going to get to? Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's and the world. We have come to the conclusion that... <laughs> I love it, dude. So uh, if you're willing to do this again, I'm willing to do this again. Both of us experience spontaneous <laughs> enlightenment, and now yeah. we're just sitting at the table silently, and it records for another three hours until three the battery hours. runs out, and you're like, whatever happened to those guys? <laughs> I, if, if there is going to be ever a conclusion, that would be the conclusion. I heard they're still sitting at that table. <laughs> Wrong with the foul, the bug's coming. Exactly. <laughs> right on, bro. That was amazing. Yeah. We'll do it again sometime. Thank you. Thank you so much. Too. Right on.